What does it mean to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth? What does it mean to be a true worshiper? And this is what I want to talk to you about today because I think it's so important to look at what the Bible says about true worshipers. Because today we don't have a whole lot, in my opinion, of individuals other teaching on what is a true worshiper. What did Jesus mean when he said, the Father seeks those who worship in spirit and in truth? What does it mean to worship in spirit and truth? We'll talk about that and more. Thank you for being with me today. I feel the Lord will really use this teaching to bless your life and to strengthen you in the faith because that's really my purpose in coming to you daily. I want to make sure you stay strong in the Lord and finish stronger than when you started as a Christian. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. I give you praise and I thank you, Lord, for your wonderful word. So your word in our hearts and so our hearts in your word. We give you all the praise. And God's people said amen and thank you again for being with me. John 4, what an amazing statement in verse 23. But the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And what an, an amazing statement to say, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, verse 24, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay, let's go to Hebrews chapter 10 to begin to understand what this really all means. All right, because when you look at the Bible, you have to look at what did God ask us to do when we draw near him? So for, for example, uh, I found four requirements in the Bible when it comes to worship, four requirements. Requirement number one is found in, in Hebrews 10, 22. It said, let us draw near. Well, you can't draw near with, without worship. So this talks about worship. Let us draw near with a true heart. Okay. What is a true heart? What does it mean to have a true heart? Let's talk about Mary Magdalene. Um, what made her stand in front of the cross and not leave the Lord's side while many of the disciples were not there? We read about John being there, Mary Magdalene being there, the Lord's mother being there and others, but we don't see some of the other disciples there or the apostles. So let's, let's, let's focus on Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene was there. Why? Was it because of the, of, of the Lord's theology? No. Did she follow his theology? No. Was it because of his, of his doctrine that she was at the cross? No. It was because of her loyalty. Her loyalty. Because she loved him. She loved him so totally. She loved Jesus so fully and truthfully to be truly loyal. Anything about John, I mean, the same with John, the, 
the apostle. Why was he there when the others left? Loyalty. It had nothing to do with theology, nothing to do with doctrine, nothing to, to do with miracles, signs and wonders. Loyalty. So I think loyalty is a true heart. But being loyal to the Lord, um, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a discovery. I think it's a revelation we all have to have. Because David had that. Do you, do you remember in Psalm 51, he wrote something very wonderful, but a lot of people miss one word. In Psalm 51, verse 6 through 10, behold. Now that's a very important word. Behold means I made a discovery. Pay attention to something I found. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. In the hidden parts thou shalt make me to know wisdom. So David here is making a discovery. It's like he had a a revelation of some sort to say, wow, what God really wants is truth in the inward part. And that's what Hebrews told us, to approach God with a true heart. And a true heart, it says, will give us true wisdom. Because wisdom is not mental. Wisdom is, is heart. It's spiritual. Because wisdom and truth are, are, are united. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. Lord, what you're looking at is our hearts, how true they are to you. In the hidden part, in my heart, you will make me to know wisdom. And then he says, purge me with hyssop, I'll be, I'll be clean. Wash me, I will be whiter than snow. And so forth. And verse 10 is powerful. Create in me a clean heart. Well, a clean heart is a true heart. A renewed heart. Because he asks, renew that heart within me, Lord. Give me a clean heart. And we often pray, Lord, give me a clean heart. But we have to know a clean heart is a loyal heart. And um, David prayed a prayer. And I think we all need to pray it. Because when, when you look at yourself, well, let's, let's go to, to Psalm 139. When you look at, at yourself, when we all look at, at ourselves, what do we see? We can't even trust our, our, our own hearts. So we have to pray and ask the Lord to change our, our hearts. So David said in Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24, Search me, Lord. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. Because he did not know. He couldn't trust his own heart. See if there's any wickedness in my heart, Lord. And lead me. Lead me out. Lead me in a way, in the way, out. And lead me in the way everlasting. So, please know my heart. Try my and the Hebrew says, my anxious thoughts. So where it says, I know my thoughts. Lord, try my anxious thoughts. I don't trust my own mind. To have a true heart, I think, is the result of prayer. Lord, give me a true heart. Because I can't even worship God without a true heart. Because it says we're to approach him with a true 
loyal heart, or otherwise he won't listen to us. He won't accept us. So the Lord said, Jesus said, the Father seeks those who will worship in spirit and truth. Well, truth has to do with a true heart, a loyal heart. And there's a lot that the, that, that the Bible says about this. And a true heart is, is a heart free from all rebellion. So we can't worship the Lord till rebellion is completely out of us. Um, lead me in the way everlasting. Wow. Now, inside of us, inside of each one of us is an enemy of God. And that enemy that opposes God is, is our mind. It's the carnal mind. It's the carnal nature. So we, we, we need to ask, Lord, remove it so I can be yours forever. And that's really what David prayed here in this amazing, uh, this amazing portion. And, you know, when you look at Psalm 139, we have an amazing portion here. He says, do not I hate them, Lord, that hate you. I'm, I'm reading verse 21 of Psalm 139. Do not I hate them, Lord, that hate you. And am I not grieved with those that rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. And then he says, search me and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. So what, what he's saying is, Lord, I want to hate everything you hate. I want to love everything you love. I want my heart to be so loyal to you, Lord. Don't I hate them who hate you with perfect hatred? Am I not grieved with those that rise up against you, Lord? I count them my enemies. Search me, Lord. Please know my heart because I don't know it. Try me, test me if you need to. Please, Lord, and know my anxious thoughts. If there be any wicked way in me, if there's anything in me that hates you, Lord, that carnal mind inside of me that opposes you, please set me free from it. Lead me in the way everlasting. The sin I love, take it out of me. I want to begin hating my sin, Lord. I don't want to love my sin. So that something within us that opposes God, the carnal mind is enmity. Enmity, it says in Romans 8, against God. We need, it. We, need, we need to be free from it. I remember Catholic women always praying a prayer in her meetings, Lord, if there's anything in me you hate, take it out and kill it. And I prayed that prayer ever since I heard her pray it. Publicly she prayed it. And I prayed that prayer in my life many, many times, Lord, if there's anything in me you hate, take it out and kill it. I want to have a loyal heart. Can we just pray that right now? Just lift, lift your hands and say, Father, if there's anything in me you hate, please take it out and kill it. Give me a true heart, Lord, so I can worship you. Give me a loyal heart, Lord, so I can worship you. I give you the praise. Imagine that the Lord seeks those who worship him. And how powerfully the prophecy of Jesus was fulfilled because he said, the hour has come, they will not worship in Jerusalem. 
And that's what happened because later the temple was destroyed by the Romans. Because God really was seeking uh, the temple, our bodies to be his. And we'll talk about that later. But I think it's very important to really understand what God is looking for. It's a true heart in each one of us that can worship him in spirit, in truth. Okay, second. What is, what is the second thing God looks for? All right. The second thing God looks for is we can't come to him without full faith. We, we, you cannot come to God questioning his word and worship him. There's no way anyone can worship the Lord if you doubt his word. There's just no way. You cannot doubt and worship. It doesn't, it, it, it will not connect. Because he seeks those who worship in truth and know the truth. David made an amazing statement in the Psalms. Look, look, you don't have to understand to believe. You just have to believe. All of us. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 128. You know, I remember what Billy Graham said. I was just watching one of Billy Graham's most incredible uh, stories is, is, is on. And I would recommend all of you to watch this amazing uh, documentary on Billy Graham. What is it called, Chad, again? The uh, documentary on Billy? It's called The Extraordinary Journey. Extraordinary Journey. Yeah. Uh, it's incredible. And, and on that, he talks about how, you know, he was challenged one time by a friend of his about the Bible. And, and uh, it really troubled him. And uh, he went to the, to the forest and got on his knees and laid his, his Bible on the stump of, of a tree that was cut down. And he said, Lord, there's a lot about your word I don't understand, I'm, but I make the decision today to believe it. It changes life. And I think that's what David said in Psalm 119, verse 128. He said, therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. Lord, I accept that your word is right in everything it says. Therefore I esteem, Psalm 119, verse 128. Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. And I hate every false way. So, Lord, I believe everything you say in your word. I may not fully understand it, but I believe it. And I think sometimes when we begin to question the Bible... It kills our worship. It kills our ability to, to, to approach God with a true heart. How, how can you worship and love someone that you question? It's impossible. Even in the, in the natural, how can you love somebody and be true to them if you keep questioning what they say? It's not possible. So to accept the word of God, to agree with God, to accept his word by faith, and not question the Bible is key. Uh, no, no, we don't have to, to, to understand everything. And, 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 and people who, who, who don't understand end up, you know, uh, arguing about it with others. And, and, uh, but no, you have to come to the place that Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. In 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5, 
Paul came to this place. He said, casting down all imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself in me against God's knowledge. I have to bring every thought into captivity and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So I have to come to that place to say, Lord, I don't understand everything. I simply accept it by faith. And, you know, remember what what David said that we just read in Psalm 119, verse 128. He said, I hate every false way. I said it already. I'm going to say it again. Inside of us is a mind that questions everything God says. Inside of us is a mind that is not trained, you know, in the ways of, of, of the Lord. Our minds are trained to argue. Our minds are trained to question. Our, our minds are, tra- are trained to doubt. And that's why Paul called that the carnal mind. Let's go to Romans 8. And remember, that carnal mind is God's enemy. So when people have a carnal mind, they question the Bible. Well, I don't believe that anymore. I don't know if that really happened. That's a carnal mind. And a carnal mind cannot worship the Lord. It's impossible to worship him with that. Paul says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So by nature, our minds fight everything God says, oppose everything God says, and even oppose God himself. So it is your responsibility and my responsibility to bring that mind under subjection, to suppress it, to say to that carnal mind, hey, listen, I refuse to listen to you. I'm not going to give you any liberty to have your way. I'm, I'm going I'm to crucify you. And the Bible tells us very clearly what to do with it. And I think a mind that comes under subjection, we have to bring our minds under subjection or we will not be able to really worship the Lord. In James 1, 6, it says, But let him ask in faith, not wavering, nothing wavering, for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and toss. It says, for let not that man think that he will receive anything from the Lord because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So the carnal mind is very very unstable. A double-minded mind can never worship God. It's impossible. Only with with a full heart of faith. So a true heart and a full heart of faith. But I want to finish on this. So when people don't believe the truth, they will always believe the lie. There's no in-between. There is no middle ground. It's or people believe what God says, or they believe what the devil says. Because it's very clear there are no middle areas. There's no such thing. Uh, in Second Thessalonians, you know, when people refuse the truth, God gives them up to believe a lie because it says in 2 Thessalonians 2.11, it says that. So when people reject the Bible, 
It says in verse 11 of 2 Thessalonians 2, For this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So when, when somebody says, well, I don't believe what the Bible says. I, I, I question this, I question that. God eventually will give that, that person up. That's what it says. For this cause, God will send them strong delusion to believe a lie. So there is no middle ground. So it's time for people to understand you cannot believe only what suits you. You can't believe only what you want to believe and say, I don't believe the other stuff. Because incomplete obedience is disobedience. Incomplete obedience is disobedience. And today, what are we, what are we dealing with out there? Exactly what I've been talking about. They question the Bible. They, they don't even want to look at it to even know what the truth really is. They reject it altogether. I mean, people today question, is Jesus the only way to heaven? How can anyone question that who says, I'm a believer? It's impossible. Because what the world says is, well, Jesus is one way to heaven. No, no, he's the way to heaven. There is no other way to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, truth, and life. If, if somebody is listening to me, who's one of those people that questions it, you just don't know the Bible. You know, I've, I've, I've asked people everywhere, how many prophecies are in the Bible? 2,500. How many have been fulfilled? 2,000. You tell me any other book that has that. Any other book of any other religion has prophecies that have been fulfilled. God has given us incredible evidence and proof that his word is true. Just by that alone, fulfilled prophecy. 2,000 prophecies already fulfilled in details. What chances there are, you know, other, no way, humanly impossible. Even if three, even if three prophecies were fulfilled, it's still impossible humanly. Over 2,000. What other religion can claim that? Zero. Only the Bible. And God has gone beyond prophecy to convince the skeptics with archaeology. Satan does not question the authority of Scripture. Because when Jesus said, it is written, he didn't question it. If the devil does not question the Bible, shame on those who do question the Bible. You heard me right. The devil never questioned the Bible. He knows the Bible is full of authority. Because when Jesus said, it is written, the, da- the devil believed it. Because he knew it's true. So it's time to tell those people out there who don't believe that the Bible is true. Say, hey, even the devil believes that it's true. So why, why, why don't you? All right. So when people question the word, how, how can they worship God? Dear Lord, how can they even enter into God's presence with questioning, is Jesus the only way to heaven? Or any other thing in the, uh, uh, in the world. Right now, it's, it's time to pray. And, and I pray, and I know I'm talking to individuals. I'm talking to you. That's why you're really watching, because you love that. 
you really want to worship the Lord. You really, it's, it's your desire to be a worshiper, a true worshiper. Because that's what God wants, that's what you want. So how do you get there? That's what we're talking about. Lord, thank you again for your word. To you be all the glory. And Lord, I do pray you'll make all of us true worshipers, true worshipers. Because that's what you're looking for, true worshipers. That we will worship you with all our hearts. I give you all the praise. Blessed Jesus, we want to please you. and We want to finish stronger in this life, stronger in this walk than when we began in you. Because we want to love you and be loyal to you with all of our hearts. Amen, amen. Think about Mary Magdalene saying to the, to the gardener who, who she thought, uh, she said, where have you laid him? She, she thought Jesus was the gardener. Remember when he, she came to the tomb, she said, please tell me where he is so I can carry him. And think about this lady wanting to carry the Lord's body. That's loyalty. Loyal to be there at the cross. Lord, to be there at the tomb. Lord, to even say, I'll take him, I'll care him, I'll take care of his dead body. Loyalty like that is, is, is unheard of. I said to the Lord today, today, I, I said, dear Jesus, I said, I want to be loyal to, to the end. And I don't want that prayer, Lord, to be, to be empty. And I really sense the Lord's presence when I said that. Because God wants that in, in, in all of us. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me. If I've lost it, restore to me the joy of salvation. And hold me up with a willing heart and spirit. So shall I teach transgressors your ways and sinners. Be converted unto thee, Lord. I give you praise. Oh, Lord, I pray that prayer for every person right now with me in Jesus' mighty name. And God's people said, Amen. Share this teaching. Please share this teaching. We really need it. The world needs it. The body of Christ needs it especially. Okay, it's time to give to the Lord's work. I'm going to ask you to give to, to God's work today. And he promised to reward us abundantly. Sacrificial giving will, will bring about a harvest you've never even known was, was out there. Because God always takes care of his people. He's looking for that seed so he can use it. We have to give God something to use, something to use to multiply. All right, much love to you. I'll see you tomorrow. Please share this teaching with your friends and people that you know and people that follow you on, on social media. Okay, I'll see you then, bye-bye. Benny Hen Ministries has stayed on the cutting edge for the past five decades. The Lord made it clear that keeping and storing all archives and resources should be a top priority. Thus far, we've rescued and digitized 10,500 of the 13,437 tapes from the past half century. Pastor Benny's legacy, life's work, calling, and anointing will be preserved for generations yet to come. Nearly 50 years ago, this great adventure known as Benny Hen Ministries began with one voice. Today, that one voice continues to be amplified over and over through every possible means. What happens next will be the greatest blessing of all. Isn't it wonderful what the Lord has done? And to Jesus be all the glory. I wanted to show you this beautiful report about the digitizing. 
of thousands and thousands of hours already of the great meetings from the past. Because we want to keep them for our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. So we need your help still. So thank you, thank you. I just wanted to show you that your money is doing the job. What you gave in the past is really making it happen. But let's keep doing it for the Lord, please. This is for His glory. Because now it can go to every nation on earth, in every language on earth, because of your help. All right, you can give right now on the platform. You're watching me on. You can go to our website, benihim.org, or you can simply text BHM45777. So thank you for loving, thank you for giving, and let's keep glorifying our wonderful Savior. Much love to you. Thanks again.